Okay, we're continuing the fourth <coughs> installment, Bez Hashem, Zayin Adar, Meshavinu Zyartzeh today, of the Megillah Esther Shir. So we left off last week towards the end of Parak Bays. <coughs> Esther has put in, been put into the palace, put into this situation of Gashmias, of uh, the mentality and the culture of what goes on there in that palace with all the women. She's taken by Akashverish. She still doesn't say who she's from. They said this was her showing her a um, her Amunat Chachamim in Mardchai. That even though one could have said that the reason why Mardchai was afraid she shouldn't say anything, they'll take revenge against her for hiding in her family. She shouldn't say anything. It seems that it's not a concern anymore. But Mardchai still did not want her to say, and therefore she listened. She listened. So one last, so Atat Hashem, as we had begun the Behold Megillah a few weeks ago, the Atat Hashem of having all the players, the Rafua Kaidim Lamaka, all of the players in place where Alpiderech Hateva makes no sense how an Achashverish is going to get rid of Vashti and then put an Esther into the palace, how Mordechai is also going to be on site in Shushan in the palace, how that's going to happen seemed impossible. And yet, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has been maneuvering things here and people are doing things that make real little sense to what should be done. And this is all part of Atzas Hashem, of setting the stage for the when the Gezerah is going to come, when the Mak is going to come, the Rafua is going to be on site. So one last bit has to be put into place here. Bayomi Mohaim Mordechai said, as we said, he, he rented himself an apartment. He was in the Shar HaMelech. He had moved towards the palace. He had this apartment there. Mordechai is there. Kotzak, Bigson, Viserish, Neisori, Seamelech. We know the story. Bigson and Seresh, the two servants of the king. So they got angry at Achashverish. Vayivakshuli Shlach, Yarbamelech, Achashverish. And therefore they decided they are going to... Um, they're going to kill Achashverish. They weren't happy with him. So everyone knows the story. They decided to put some some, some poison into his, uh, into, his, into his drink. And uh, they would hope that he would die and then be potter from all the craziness that Achashverish was causing them. They felt they were being abused and misused. And therefore they had this plot. So now, so, um, this plan was found out to Mordechai. We all know that Mordechai was on the Sanhedrin, so he knew all of the languages, and they didn't think that he knew what it was. And he told it to Esther, Batayimer Esther, Lamelech B'Shem Mordechai. So Esther told it over in the name of Mordechai. She did not... Uh, say that, you know, she could have tried to find favor in Akashverish's eyes. She's the one who's bringing the information. But no, she didn't. She said over the name of Mordechai. And the reason is, says the Gra, is because both Mordechai and Esther understood that if Mordechai happened to be in the Shahar HaMelech, when this happened, there must be a purpose here. They realized this must be something that's going to be a piece in the puzzle that's going on. We're not sure what's going on, but they understood 
understood that if Mordechai is there at the right time, in the right place, hearing things that perhaps no one would have ever, it doesn't really make sense when you plot against the king, you make sure nobody's really around. And you don't take, you know, even it's 99.999% that he doesn't understand whatever language they were talking, you still don't take that chance. So why did they take the chance? Mordechai understood that there must be a purpose here, and therefore, he, if he's the one who heard about it, Esther told the Lamelech B'Shem Mordechai, so Vayivukash Hadovar now the way the Gro explains Vayimate, it says, and they seeked out the, the thing, Vayimate, and it was found. So the Gro says, what happened was, that both of them, were they took shifts during the night, these big son and Teresh. So they said to each other, we have a problem. Um, it takes time to prepare the poison and the whole concoction and whatever they were preparing. So they needed that while one went to prepare it, the other one covered for it. So really, let's say for half the night, Big Son was supposed to be there and Seresh the other half of the night. But he, he um, Big Son covered for Seresh when he wasn't there. So the Pasuk says, And he was found. What do you mean he was found? He was found in the wrong spot. You're supposed to be doing your job. And instead you have someone covering for you. You're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Where are you? They found him somewhere else, putting out, um, you know, preparing this poison for the king by he was found in the wrong place. By so they, he, they, were, they were hung on a tree, and this was written in the Sefer Divrei Hayamim. Lifnei Hamelech. Now these words are very important. These words are Lifnei Hamelech. Why is it Lifnei Hamelech? Lifnei Hamelech means usually when something happens, so they wrote it down in the Chronicles, but they didn't write it in the presence of the king. There was a librarian or a scribe who took care of writing down everything that occurred, and they put it down in the Divrei Yomim in the Chronicles. But it was never in front of the king. The king wasn't there when they wrote this stuff down. But again, Atzas Hashem was that it was written down that Mordechai had told them about this plot and saved Achashverosh's life, where was it written down in the Divrei HaYomim? Lifnei HaMelech. It happened to be that they did it in front of the king. It never happened before in front of the king. It never happened again in front of the king. But this was integral because later on, when Muhammad, I mean Achashverosh is all nervous, what's going on? And he starts thinking back to see maybe someone did me a taiva and I didn't pay them back. He remembered that Mordechai did him a taiva. Why did he remember that? because he remembered that they wrote it down in front of him. So that's what he said, bring the Divra Hayamim, let me see it. So, thank you very much. Lifnei HaMelech means it was written down in front of the king in order that it should be so, he should remember it, he should remember this thing so that later on it should be on his mind. So now we have the, set, the stage is set, Achar Hadvarim Ho'elah. Achar Advarim is very important. I want to point out something over here. Um, we have to realize how much time it took between Parak Beis and Parak Gimel. How much time did it take be- between? To us, it's right away. We're so excited. Parak Gimel's here. Haman time. Start hacking Haman, right? Everyone's ready for Parak Gimel. Everyone knows, you know, it takes, every kid knows that Parak Galvin Beis takes forever because there's no action. Parak Gimel, much too long. Parak Gimel, all the action is. But how much did Isaka take? So, if we just look at the dates here, so we said that Esther was taken to Akash palace 
in Bishnah Shevalamachusai, in the seventh year of his kingdom. In the few psukim, it's going to say that Haman Hippil Pur Huhagairo, when was that? the twelfth year of his reign so now it may not be exactly between Perak Beis and Perak Gimel but once you get to Pasuk Zion in Perak Gimel it's already been five years five years how exactly when the beginning of Perak Gimel took place we're not exactly sure we'll see in a moment why but because it may take took, have taken some time for this to occur but it was at least it was five years from when Esther became the queen and Mordecai's Yoshev Bishar HaMelech until Haman actually made the Gzairah five years Esther sitting there and they're waiting what's going to happen what's going to happen it wasn't immediate this was a long process Mordecai again he set up Shap Bishar HaMelech they're waiting to see what's going to happen. They know there's a purpose here. All of Kala Yisrael cannot figure out what's going on. Every time they need a Shiloh, they go to Mordechai's house, and they say, we're sorry, we've got to go to the Sharamelech. Mordechai is no longer in the Bismedrish. He's sitting in the Sharamelech. He's busy over there. So, a lot of things are just taking their time here. And the church told them he has to figure out no not figured out Esther's a Jew she's not saying anything ain't Esther Magedes and he's fine with that he's fine with that right no problem remember he killed Vashti because she wouldn't come because she wouldn't listen to him he ends up with the queen who's not listening and won't tell him what uh, who she's from right where she's from this is the irony of the whole story over here so after these things what are after these things so, so Chazal tell us after that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has been making the Refu so now we know exactly what this Gemara means. We see clearly what does it mean to make the Rafuakaidalamaka. We see what Akadish Barhu had been setting up over here. And again, the party was in the third year. Um the party was in the third year. By the time Esther became queen, it was the seventh year. Kadesh Baruch Atas Hashem takes time. It takes time. Why does it take time? We're going to see that from the Gezerah of Haman, I don't know if we'll see it, but the Gezerah of Haman till the Yeshua was all three days. It went very, very quickly. Because once Yeshua's are taking place, and we'll see, as we know, Malachim start coming into the picture there. Things start moving very, very quickly. Klai shows the doing tshuva, there's tvila. Once Klai Yisrael is ignited to do tshuva and tvila, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Yeshua's come instantaneously, very quickly. Malachim are involved, three days things are happening, Achashverosh is doing this, Haman's doing that, all of a sudden it's all over. But here, this is all HaKadosh Baruch Hu setting the stage. No one knows of anything. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to get people to do things that make no sense. Getting people to move and to do things takes time. Takes time for people to do things. So therefore, this was a very long, long occurrence. Setting the stage takes time to get people to do things. So, Now, I heard Rev. Rev. is the final bracha to say very pashut. Kaddish Baruch who prepared the Rafua Kaidalamaka. That means, simply, all of the players who are going to bring the Rafua are in the right spot. Esther's there, Mordechai's um, there, everyone's in the right spot. A few years before he was Nifter, he started saying in the Shir, and the truth is, it's not going to be a Chiddush, because I already set up 
the entire shear that it should be a Dover Pashat, but he changed and he says, for th- over 30 years I've been saying that's the Pshat in Achar Advar Me'ela, and now I want to be Moisif. I want to be Moisif to it. Achar Advar Me'ela doesn't just mean the players are in the right place. It also means that everyone has proven themselves to be the Goyal, to be the ones to bring Klaishel to Tshuva. And we have seen that clearly. Marzchai, we didn't see it in the Megillah, but Chazal described that he excelled in Tefillah. Esther, we see clearly was put into the situation of to be the chaper help Klai Yisrael do tshuva for being nana misudas and shalach they didn't listen to Marzchai she listened to Marzchai even though it didn't make sense anymore to her so not only are the people in the right place the right people are in the right place the people who have proven themselves to be the ones necessary for the job those are people who are in the right place what does this mean? had unbelievable Akarsa Taif to Haman. Why do you have Akarsa Taif to Haman? Because Haman is the one who told him that the Gzeira, I'm sorry, that the law was changed. He made it that the law has changed, that the king is allowed to do judgment by himself. He doesn't need a whole court for it, right? Even if it's against him personally. That's how they get rid of Vashti. However, till you really practice the law once, you don't know if it's going to stay. Right? You don't know. So good. So everyone agreed then. They got rid of Vashti. But that was like very quick. You need another time for Achashverosh to practice that to know that the law is going to stay on the books and the people aren't going to rebel. So when did that happen? That happened with Bixen and Teresh. Bixen and Teresh, there was no court. This was a personal attack against Achashverosh. So very good. Now he realized that when they changed the law and Haman's advice, so it's going to stay this way. So that should, now Achashverosh has a lot of Akharasatayvtev. So therefore, what did he do? He gave him a promotion. Now, the guy says that the way it worked in the Persian royalty was that when the king had a meeting of the, of the uh, you know, uh, of, of his advisors of Congress, right, so the king, was, it was like a platform. The king would sit on a very high place and everyone else would sit under him in a row. So what he did was he actually took Haman and he gave him a higher seat than everybody else on the, uh, on the, uh, on his advisors there. He put, he put him up by Yenaseo means he literally raised him up. He was almost equal to the king's level. So that means he gave him like a promotion here by Yenaseo. That's what it means by Yosem Eskitsoi. He placed his chair, Meal Kolasarim, on top of everyone else. He actually raised him up. Now not only that, he gave him, Gidal means he gave him money. Gidal is always Gidul. The greatness is he gave him phenomenal wealth. And Vayinaseyu, Bigdula means Bikavid. How did he give him the extra covered? The first way he gave the extra covered was putting his seat higher. And the next thing was that he made it a, 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 a law that any, any of the servants of Shabashar HaMelech are Kairu Mishach he went around Haman telling everyone the king has commanded everyone has to bow down to me so he gave him two things of honor number one a higher seat to the advisors and, se- and secondly everybody else um, has to bow down to him now it's very important this thing that he gave him um, he gave him Gidal he gave him fabulous wealth why? Because when the king gives you fabulous wealth, no one could ever make you any richer than that. He is as rich as, as could be. Now why is it so important? Because later on, when 
So the king is wondering what's going on, and Haman comes to, and, and before that he tells the the uh, the Nare Hamelech Misharsov. By the way, those same Nare Hamelech who have wonderful pieces of advice for Achashverosh, they're going to make a one more showing and also help out here in the situation because any other person who had been in the palace when Haman is coming and the king is ready to honor Mordechai, everyone knew the friction between Haman and Mordechai. He would have said, listen Haman, the king's in a good mood about Mordechai now. It's not a good time to be here. Just go away. But these Nari HaMelech, they were the ones who hated Haman the most. Why did they hate Haman the most? It's very simple. Because Chalabdi HaMelech Asher B'Shar HaMelech Karim Mishachim and Muhammad. And as we'll see in a minute, Haman liked to stroke his ego and his covet. And anytime he was feeling a little down, he had a very easy answer. He would walk out into the Shar HaMelech and everyone had to bow down to him. Now who was always in the Shara Melech? The busboys, the shoeshiners, the janitors, the Nare HaMelech. These guys, they had needed knee replacements, they needed, they were, they had all these situations because every single day Haman made them Meshuga by having them walk, he had to walk and they had to bow down. Everybody else, they saw Haman come and they ran the other direction. They didn't need to be there. The minister wasn't in the mood of being about getting his pants dirty. He went through the back door. These guys had no choice. They're constantly in the palace. Haman is constantly needing covered. He's constantly walking. They hated him. So they said, ha, Haman's coming. Mordechai is, uh, the king wants to honor Mordechai. Oh, Haman, vayavoy. Haman, right? This is very good. No problem, Haman. Come on in. The king needs advice from you. That's what the Nari HaMelech Misharsa. But what happened? What am I bringing this out here? By Yadmer HaMelech, he told them, Manasa Yekar Ugedula. He asked, what happened to Mordechai? Did we do any honor? Ugedula. And did we, he, and did we give him any money as a reward for what he did? Now, by Yadmer, what did they say? Nothing happened to him. So, Vayomer Amelech Mi Bechatzer, your footsteps. So, footsteps, Vayomer Amelech Hine Haman Ami Bechatzer, Vayomer Amelech Vayavoy, Vayomer Loi Hamelech, Malasis Boish, Asher Hamelech, Chafet Bikaroy. What? What should we do if we want to honor a person? What happened to the money? Hashverosh forgot something when he said it to Haman. He forgot to say, what money or honor can we give to him? Why did he forget that? That was part of Hashem's plan. Because if he would have said to Haman, what do, could we give a person in monetary uh, uh, reward and in honor, Haman never would have dreamt it meant himself. Why? I, it can't be me. I'm already wealthy. The king already gave me all the money in the world. But honor, is always more honor. It's always more honor. You go and give another eight to how to get honor. So when he said, Be karai, by Yomer Haman, with me, Yachvei Tzamel, glasses, Yekari Yisrimimani, it's got to be me, no one else. If he would have said the word money, Haman wouldn't have made that mistake, because he already was, he already got as much money as possible. By Yomer Haman, so that's why he says, saying, all the Shtiklach Taira, what the honor he should give, and ended up giving to Marzai. But if he would have said, Gidula, it never would have happened. So therefore, that's why it's so important and over here, Gidal HaMelech HaChashverosh, he gave him all this fabulous wealth, and he gave him the covet. And he told them these two things, number one, you're on a higher level, and number two is, that everyone has to bow down, Kichein Tzibaloi HaMelech, 
he would tell everybody, this is what the king commanded. As we know, Mordechai decided that he's going up against Haman here. Now, Mordechai was there. He was Yoshe Bishar Hamela. He was a Yoshe Bishar Hamela. And it's very important to notice, to note also, because it wasn't anyone in the kingdom who had to bow down. There were two things. You had to be Avde Hamelech and you had to be Bishar Hamelech. Now, it's, it's a, it's, who's considered the Avde Hamelech? That's going to be against Shiloh. We'll see that might have been a Machlaikis, Mordechai and Haman, if he was called Avde Hamelech or not. But for sure it had to be Bishar Hamelech. So Mordechai is set up shop in Bishar Hamelech and he's like, Now Chazal tells us, why did he start off with Haman? Because Haman either made himself a Tavay Dezara, or he wore a necklace, or he wore the Godim that had Tavay Dezara on it. And Mordechai said that I'm not, I'm not bowing down to him. So Vayoimru Avdei HaMelech Hashem B'Shar HaMelech, again, it wasn't any person who walked in, the Avdei HaMelech Hashem B'Shar HaMelech, Madu'a Tzayiveres Mitzvah HaMelech, what are you doing? Why are you not, um, why are you not bowing down to him? So he come from love So Mordechai didn't listen to them because he says I don't bow down to it. They told Haman. What do you mean they told Haman? Why did they tell Haman for it? Didn't Haman see it himself? Why did they have to tell Haman? They told Haman. So they wanted to see if Haman's going to accept that what the Chazal tell us that Mordechai said I'm an Eved of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I'm not an Eved of anybody else. I'm not Avdei HaMelech. I don't have to bow down. I don't bow down to anyone else. So what happens? Vayar Haman. Now he saw it. Why did he see it? So the Gra says you have to realize who Haman was. Haman was the epitome of a Balgaiva. Of course he wanted his covet. But, and he wanted everyone bowing down and he knew everyone was bowing down to him. But his nose was so high up in the air that he didn't really look down below to see to make sure what's going on. He couldn't tell you who exactly bowed down to him. He knew there was action going down. He would strut through the halls there with his nose up like this. And he knew there was action. But he really didn't even notice the people who were sitting there were like just bugs there. Don't notice the bugs. So... So they told him, and they, they were very smart. They knew Mordechai was a Jew. They knew Haman, what he was. There's no greater way to incite someone's anger than to bring up Sinas Hadas, anti-Semitism. There's no way, other way, if you light the fire of, of, of the hatred of Jews, that's the best way. So they were upset. We're bowing down and he's not. So he had a good tariff. It's okay, he's a good tariff. He's a Jew, he doesn't bow down. So why, did they let it, why didn't they let it go? Because it bothered them. So they might go to Haman and I was like, listen, 99% of the people are bowing down to me, so I'm not going to start and go make myself sugar to start with Mordechai. But then they tell him, no, Mordechai is saying because he's a Jew. He doesn't, oh, Jew, Haman's an Amalek. A Jew, no way. That lights the fire under everybody. Sinas Hadas. So Bayar Haman means Haman Dafka. The next day, he went all the way close to Mordechai and he was able to lower his nose a bit to see what would happen. Bayar Haman. Now Haman saw Mordechai is not bowing down. Till this day, it didn't happen day after day, but he never noticed it. So now Haman saw he's not bowing down. Bayimoli Haman Chema, and he was full of anger. Bayivas. But now he has a problem. 
Who's he going to go kill Mordechai just for not bowing down to him? Everyone's going to say, well, because one guy didn't bow down to him. Like, what kind of pathetic loser is that? That one guy doesn't bow down to you. He can't handle that. It was true. That was the truth. But he couldn't do it. He couldn't face the people like that. So he decided to himself, no. What I'm going to do is, I'm going to kill Mordechai. I'm going to say, there's nothing to do with my covenant. This Jew is like anti-us, anti-us, and that's how I'm going to sell it to the people, and this is like a religious thing, and it's nothing to do with my personal covenant. So, he decided, he's going to kill out the whole, it wasn't enough for him, the people of Jushan, has to be all the Jews in the entire world, the Haman is going to destroy, Why? Because of his covet. Because of his covet, one Jew didn't bow down to him, he's going to, he's going to destroy every Jew in the whole kingdom. <clears throat> now, the truth is, that it wasn't just to destroy them. Because the word Lahashmid, later on in the, in the actual Gezerah, which we're not going to get to today, but later on, it says that... Um, the actual Gezerah was Lahashmid, Lahareik, Ulaabed, Eskala Yehudim, Minarva Zakein, Tafinashim Yemechad, Ushlalam Lavois. So you have Lahashmid, Lahareik, Laabed, Ushlalam Lavois. So now, Lahashmid is to destroy, Lahareik is to kill, Laabed is to eradicate, Ushlalam Lavois means that all of their money can be plundered. So the Grah says, what are these four things? So later on, the Grah says like this. He says, a person is made up of four components. A person is made up of his nefesh, ruach, neshama, and guf. So now, neshama is the soul of a person. Ruach, uh, the way Rabbi Brev explains it, I don't know what any of these things really mean, by the way, so I'll just tell you what they say here. Um, Ruach is the spirit, and the nefesh is the most basic element of spirituality. They're all levels of Ruchnit, and then there's the Guf. Now, in the world they say the nefesh and the Guf are so close to each other, they're counted as one. So we have nefesh and Guf as one, we have Ruach and Neshama, that's for a person, and then a person has a fourth component, and that's his property, his kinyan, his money, what he owns. So says the Grah that Haman, what he wanted to do was the following. He wanted Lahashmid. Lahashmid to destroy, that means the Neshama of Kla Yisrael. Which means he wanted to get rid of the mitzvahs in Kla Yisrael. It wasn't just to kill the people. He wanted to get rid of the mitzvahs in Kla Yisrael. And that works very well with what we just said. Because over here, Vayivakish Haman Lahashmid. Because since he was be- saying that the reason and I want to kill them is because they're Jews and they have the Torah and they, they're against Avedizara so the word he used was what do I really want to do? I want to get rid of their mitzvahs now the way he's going to do it is by killing them entirely but the word Lahashmit was very important here because he was playing here that this was against their religion so what does he want? Lahashmit to get rid of their religion now the Grah continues over there. Laharai is Keneged um, the Ruach, and that is the life of a person. So that was to physically kill them. So he wants to get rid of the Neshama, which is the mitzvah. He wants to physically kill them. Laabed means to destroy 
their remembrance from the world. That means that he wanted to get rid of their actual guf. It wasn't enough that he wanted to kill the Jews. He wanted to totally destroy them. In other words, he wanted to incinerate them. He wanted to put them in, you know, in, uh, in crematoriums. There shouldn't be a zecher of Klai Yisrael. There shouldn't be a kever of Klai Yisrael. There should be nothing left. So he wanted to get rid of mitzvahs, physically kill them, eradicate their bodies from this world, and then what about their money? Well, that he's not going to waste. Ushlalam lavais. That's the fourth Kenyan that he is going to let everyone plunder and there's going to be nothing left of a Klai Yisrael in this world. Now, that was that was what Haman's Gzeira was. Now, what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu do for us when we had the Hatzalah? Kineged Zeh, we got four things for it. Kineged, that Haman wanted to get rid of the mitzvahs, we got a new mitzvah called Kriyas HaMegillah. He wanted to get rid of our Ruach the Ruach of the person, which is the life of the person, which is the heart of a person, pumps the blood, that's his life. Kaddish Baruch Hu gave us a mitzvah of simcha, which is the life. Kineged HaGuf, he wanted to eradicate our bodies. So we have Mishta, we have the Suda. So a person's Guf should also enjoy, the body should enjoy it. Ushlalam Lavais, and what about Kineged? His money, that's Matanus Lavyainim. So it turns out that when Haman wanted to eradicate all the mitzvahs, and he included in that our bodies and our money and everything, so when the Hatzalah came, Adarab, we just got more and more mitzvahs from it. When Haman wanted to eradicate our, 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 our mitzvahs, Adarab, we got four new mitzvahs from it. So by Yavakish Haman Lahashmis Yehudim, so what did he do? Now Haman was a Haman was a student of history. And he was an Amaleki. And he already knew that his grand, great-great-grandparents, Amalekim, have, this, have started up with Klai Yisrael numerous times. And they lost in all the other times. So he wanted to think, that he wanted to try to get around that problem. So what did he do? So he, first of all, he knew that he's only going to try to get rid of Klai Yisrael on the day, according to the Mazalas, that he is the most powerful. Now, he didn't look for a day that Klai Yisrael didn't have a good mazel, because there's a bottom line, there's a rule, ain't mazel Yisrael. Now, what that means is the Sugi B'Fnei and there's a lot of contradictions in the Groth, in the Megillah itself, and what that means. In the back of this, uh, in this Megillah, where they bring from the Groth, there's numerous places, and I've, I asked Rebbe Brevda numerous times, it, there's not a Clarkite, he never gave me a Clarkite, I assume he had one, but he never gave a Clarkite in what this concept of ain't mazel Yisrael, how exactly it works. However, it's clear that we're not so mishubah to the mazalas. So to go and find a day that's not good for us, that's not foolproof, foolproof in Haman's mind. He's going to find the day that he is the most powerful. So he went and he figured out with the, with the poor, with his lottery here, what's the day that he is going to be the most powerful in his mazal, and he's hoping that that's the day he'll be able to take care of Klai Yisrael. So, he went and he made this poor, and it came out that it's going to be on the 13th day of Adar. That is going to be the day that his mazel is the most powerful. Now, so now he's ready, and he has the day that he is the most powerful. So now, by, so what does Haman do? He comes to Achashverosh, and he says to Achashverosh that he has to sell it to Achashverosh. He comes to Achashverosh and he says, listen, I want to destroy the Jews. I want to destroy the Jews. So Akashverish, the Medrash tells us that um, Akashverish told him you're crazy. 
He told him you're crazy. He said that um, he it is, there's a long Medjish Rabbah, if you're interested in looking over here, when it talks about the Gzaira the Haman made, and as we'll see in a moment, it was a convention of all of the leaders of the world. And what all of the leaders of the world said about Kla Yisrael, and then Haman made up a bunch of lies and took, took him out of context and changed everything around. But Rukhat Levishin says that if you read what these Gayim said, there's no greater Chizik in Amuna in HaKadosh Baruch Hu than what the Gayim said. Now, Akashverish himself said, Ari started up with the Jews, he got destroyed. Uh, Sancheirev started up with the Jews, he got destroyed. Sisra started up with the Jews, he got destroyed. And he gave a whole list. He says, I'm not doing it. I'm not interested. I hear you. I'm a bigger Saini Yisrael than you are. But I'm not stupid. I hope. Right? I'm not doing it. There's no way. He told Haman, I don't never want to hear you say another word about the destruction of the Jews. Never another word about it. Haman wasn't stupid. He knew. Because I'll tell us, every day used to come in and make up stories about the Jews. Mamish lies upon lies upon lies. Every day, Nachamaisa, to he say about how terrible the Jews are and how swindlers they are and what they do. Slowly but slowly, Achashverosh's resolve was weakened. So Achashverosh said, listen, okay, you got me, but we got to get the rest of the world on board. I'm not going into this alone. They made a convention of the entire, all the leaders of the world. And Haman came there, and he didn't say anything yet. But Akashverish said, you know, there's someone who wants to put a proposal on the table here at the United Nations. And that is to destroy the Jews. And there was an uproar. Uproar. And like I said, you read the Medrash, they brought Sukkim, they brought riots, they brought all different types of things. There's no way you're crazy. Haman, very astute politician, he waited till everybody said their things, and then he got up. And he started talking, and he brought Sukkim out of context, and he made up lies, and he said, look what they did to us, and look at this, and he made up a whole story there, and they said, okay, we're masking. Made no sense, but they were masking. They were masking to it, and they willingly said, we are here to, we're ready to destroy the Jews, and then... And then the king, once the king was masked to that, Now, it's interesting to note that later on in the Megillah, Haman's downfall was a very interesting way. And that is, I think we mentioned this once before, that when... The, at the end of Tarek Zion, when after the Mishta and the king comes back in from the from the garden, and um, where's the post here? And uh, he sees that Haman's like on top of Esther, and he says, "What's going on here?" So we explain, the Gra explains that Harvoina told the king that you know there's also this tree or this pole that Haman made the Mardchai Asher Diber Taiv Al Hamela. Now the Pasuk Shat means Mardchai, the one who said good about the king. But the Gra says that the way the Kachashverosh understood it was this is the tree that Haman made for Mardchai. Asher Diber, that when Haman was making it, you know what he was saying? Taiv Al Hamela, this be good to hang the, tr- the king as well. That's how Kachashverosh heard it, and he went crazy. Kachashverosh. She said, to Allah, so hang him up. That's what he said. Haman said, one second, you can't uh, hang me. We need a court. And he said, no, you changed the law, so I can hang you. So now, Charvayna, who is Charvayna? Chazal tells us, was Eliyahu Navi. So now, 
What it turns out is, Hashem sent Eliyahu Navi to say something that wasn't really true, because we don't know that Haman ever said, that it's good for the king, but he said it in a way that the king understood it that way, and Haman gets killed because of that. So Rebbe Zechran al used to say that, you know, Haman got up to Shemayim and he called Eliyahu Navi and says, you know something, I have big kindness on you. You lied! You lied! I never said that! You killed me in a lie! Now, Akash Baruch has a gazillion ways of a Midah Kenegad Midah of getting Haman out of the picture. Why was it that Haman was actually hanged by Akash because of a Sheker? Why was it because of a Sheker? So, Rebbe used to say very simple. It was Midah Kenegad Midah. What did Haman do? How did he start this whole Gzeira? For years, every day, lies upon lies upon lies upon lies. You made the Gzeira with Sheker? Midah Kenegad Midah HaKadosh Baruch is going to take you out through a Sheker as well. Through something that wasn't true. It was a Mida Kenegin Mida. The Gain says unbelievable thing. Lahagid ki Yosher Hashem. We say this every Shabbos. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Yosher. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is straight. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Emes. Suri, v'loyav lasaboy. If you ever see anything that Hakadosh Baruch Hu does to someone that doesn't look a hundred percent right, it looks a little bit as if it's a lie. It looks a little bit sneaky. You should know v'loyav lasaboy. The problem is not with Hashem. There's a mida kenegin mida going on here. There's a yosher that's going on over here as well. Why is it that? Um, that that in the the guy explains over there that when um, that when when Pare was chasing after the Yidin by Kriyas Yamsuf, so the guy explains that when Pare came to the Yamsuf, he didn't see water. He saw a seven lane highway there. So a seven lane highway, and he says, oh, I guess uh, I don't know, my GPS a little off. But my GPS says this is the Yamsuf, and it must be they built a bridge here. And he continued going. And once he was all in there, all of a sudden the mirage went away, and he was he was drowned. So the guy says, well, what's going on here? He tricking uh, Pare over here? It doesn't sound Hashem's, Hashem's a trickster. Hashem makes a this is not MS. So the girl says, no. How did Pare get the Jews enslaved? He also did it through trickery. Everybody. Come work. I'm working too, says Parak. It was also in a very sly, underhanded way. You remember. Hashem is Yashar. But Hashem has a Midah called Midah Kenegad Midah. The Loyab Lassabai. The problem's not with him. He's forced, quote unquote, to do this in a reaction to the way he's punishing he's punishing people. So that's over here why how Haman at the end was punished through a Shekhar. So this is HaKadosh Baruch. So now, uh, I'm sorry. So now Kashmirish gives Haman the signet ring, and now he sends out the Svarim, as we already said, this Pasuk, Lahashmin, Lahareg, Lahabed, Ushlalom, Lavais, this went out in all the Medinas, and then, the end of the parak says, V'ados nitna b'shushin abira, v'amelech v'haman yash v'lishtois, v'oyir shushan, navoicha, and the ear of shushan was in a tumult, they didn't understand what was going on, and that's all we have time for, Be'ezus Hashem.